Hey everyone, today we have Lois Lee who completed her Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology at Simon Fraser University and her Master's of Science in Occupational Therapy at the University of Toronto. She accumulated a wealth of volunteer experience during her undergraduate and graduate career by taking on various roles, including an events coordinator for UNICEF at SFU, a functional tester for Special Olympics BC, and the Occupational Therapy Program rep uh, on the U of T's Graduate Student Union. She also worked in many positions leading up to her OT career as a student kinesiologist at West Point Gray Physiotherapy Clinic, adaptive ski instructor for the Vancouver Adaptive Snow Sports, personal trainer at SFU, research assistant at UBC in the Department of Occupational Therapy, and program worker at the Developmental Disabilities Association. During her master's program, she completed placements in Canada and abroad at four different organizations. And since graduating, she has discovered a passion with, for working with kids and is currently working as a pediatric OT at Footprints Therapy in Toronto. Welcome to the show virtually. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Hi, Craig. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to be here today. For our audience's knowledge, Lois and I go uh, go back to 2016 when we were on the kinesiology games team together over at uh, McGill University where it was held at. So we know each other for a little bit. We've kind of gone on, on different routes, me on the business side and for her obviously in the, into OT and uh, great to have our uh, paths cross again. And honestly, doing my due diligence, researching your career background out of anyone that I've uh, I've looked at, like especially like even in the business world uh, on LinkedIn, you're the, you're the only one where I had to click show five or more experiences more than once to see all the positions you've had. So it really just goes as a testament to your journey. So really jam-packed, super excited for today's show. And I know you're working right now. So are, are you currently providing telehealth or, or virtual services as an OT? Yeah, so since COVID, it's been kind of hard, especially for families, because like we've had to do everything online. Right. Um, so I've been doing a couple sessions like through telehealth, um, through video call, but it's been difficult. Luckily, since uh, last week, we've opened again. So okay. I've been back to the clinic, um, seeing kids again, really exciting. Still doing a couple um, clients through online, but so far it's been back and it's good. Yeah. Fantastic. And I guess just relating to the show, like overall, was your plan always to become an occupational therapist? Yeah. So I think I'm one of the rare few who actually went into undergrad knowing that I wanted to do OT. Really? Like of all the people I've talked to in my program, like most people don't figure it out, but I was lucky that way because like throughout undergrad, I was able to actually tailor my experiences awesome. and like target everything. So I learned more about the field and really like work towards getting into OT, which was great. That's amazing. Now, I know for our audience, we really want to highlight your journey, which is really extensive. We'll focus on some of your highlights uh, and we'll start with your volunteer experience uh, leading up to becoming an OT today. So. Going all the way back to your time at SFU, why join UNICEF uh, out of all the clubs and organizations first? I think for me, during high school, I was always really involved at school. And when I went to SFU, it, because I lived at home, I felt like I didn't really have that connection there, like especially during yeah. first year, because everyone was kind of commuting to school. But then uh, at SFU one day, I saw a campaign there were blue balloons all down the hallway right. and it was actually a campaign for creating awareness for children international children's day at unicef right. and that really drew my attention i was like wow like there's actually lots of engagement at school available like through lots of clubs and other teams and such so that's kind of how i got 
involved. It was through that first interaction. And I've always been really interested in humanitarian clubs and like that. So that's why I chose UNICEF to start my, I guess, my school engagement at SFU. Great. And then, you know, moving on to your time with Special Olympics BC, uh, you're a functional tester there. What, What exactly is a functional tester? So there we worked with the um, special athletes, special Olympic athletes, um, and we did a lot of testing. So for like agility, strength, form, and things like that. So the athletes would come in for, it was, uh, we would have events before the games and it would be the weekend and we would do assessments with the athletes. So like recommending what kind of exercises to do to strengthen, um, especially for the sport that they're playing and um, lots of like uh, functional assessments. Gotcha. Uh, And how did you get involved with Special Olympics BC? That was through SFU actually. So there's a lot of kin students who are volunteering because they're reaching out to UBC and SFU kin students to volunteer and get some experience, especially in second and first year. Like we don't have a lot of opportunities yet to really have that hands-on, functional, physical kind of experience. So that was a really good opportunity for us. Gotcha. And from that entire experience, what was the most memorable? I think seeing how positive everyone was. The athletes were so, so positive. The coaches were as well. And the environment was just amazing. And I love that because like they were there to compete, but they're also there to meet other athletes, have a really good time and just like play sports. Gotcha. And then... You know, you, you uh, went on to West Point Gray Physiotherapy Clinic uh, as a student kinesiologist there, which is, you know, something that after talking to, you know, a few people going in the physio route, that's usually, you know, their goal or, or their goal to do during their undergrad. So I'm assuming it was very similar, even if you're going the OT route. Um, so how did you become uh, a student kin there? It was actually through a placement at SFU. So okay. like, like through co-op? It was one of our courses, we had to do a placement and I was placed with the physiotherapy clinic in West Point Gray. And when I was there, my role was primarily to be supporting the physiotherapists. And also a big part of it was learning about the role because I was actually kind of curious, like what physiotherapy was, because at that point I knew I was, I wanted to do OT, but I wanted to still explore like, what are the other fields like right. to make sure that I was like, um, I knew what the options were kind of. Yeah. So, so what did you like about it? What I learned the most from that placement was the client interaction piece. So like talking with the clients and being able to talk about their function in a positive way and really framing it so that they really have control over their situation and that they really understood what was going on. And I learned a lot about the collaboration between clients and how important it is to be having client-centered care, especially in the healthcare sector. Oh, for sure. Obviously, a very transferable skill as an OT, I'd bet. What was something that you did that you didn't expect a student kin would do, or maybe that you just didn't expect to do uh, as, a, as a student kin here? What I didn't expect to do, I think that... There was a lot more ultrasound therapy used at that specific clinic than I thought there would be. Um, And I was mostly doing that. And I was hoping that I would actually do more like exercise type treatment with the clients. But I, 
as I was saying, it was a very like student role. So right. I didn't have the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. But I think that's just the na nature of the placement because I was a student still and yep. we're more there to learn about the role. Gotcha. And then, then your next one really intrigues me. How did you get involved with Vancouver Adaptive Snow Sports as an adaptive ski instructor? Yeah, so for that one, I was actually a ski instructor before. Okay. Um, and I taught skiing at Mount Seymour. And I heard about this program, VAS, Vancouver Adaptive Snow Sports, through some of my colleagues. And it sounded so interesting and so up my alley because it yeah. combined two of my th two things that I was really passionate about skiing, working with uh, young adults yeah. and kids with disabilities. And that's how I kind of got involved. So it was volunteering and I worked with both kids and adults with disabilities, developmental disabilities. Awesome. Yeah. And just helping them get onto the slopes and ski. Great. And what did you learn from this experience overall or, or even perhaps from your students? What I learned the most is that, I guess, occupation, which is skiing, like yeah. their occupation at the time, like can be so, such a therapeutic thing for them and very engaging because even though I was just teaching them, it allowed them to take that skill and use it with their family, go out on slopes on the weekends with their families and really enjoy that, have that bonding with their family. So I think that that's what I learned the most is like occupation can be such an important factor for anyone. Yeah, I, I like how you view that role as an occupation, uh, and especially to, to have the perspective of it being, you know, therapeutic for your students. Very interesting. And the next one, you know, doing research at UBC. Now, now is that through SFU's co-op program? No. So for that one, I contact them in, I think it was like my last two years at okay. Uh, during undergrad and I wanted to learn more about the OT program right. um, so I reached out to a prof at the UBC OT program because SFU we don't have an OT program yep. and so I reached out to them and I wanted just to be a volunteer at on the research team just right. to learn more about what the program was have the connection about the connections with the profs there so that I really knew that I was getting myself into a program that I wanted to be in. Uh, and what did you research there? Yeah, so for the research project there, they're doing interviews for uh, healthcare professionals who have disabilities. So they're looking into like their experience, looking into if they experience stigma, looking into what kind of barriers they're experiencing in the workforce, especially because they have a disability. Very interesting. So, so you've, you've worked with a lot of people with disabilities, but also done a lot of research with it. And I guess that can kind of go on to your time as a program worker for the DDA. Before we, before we go there, as a research assistant, did this make you consider the research route at all, perhaps confirm that you didn't want to go down this path? And uh, overall, um, are you happy that you did it? I'm really happy I did it. I learned so much about research. So I was doing a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff that people don't realize goes on in research. So I was doing interview transcription and coding. Gotcha. So okay. like transcribing the interviews and figuring out what kind of themes pop out mm -hmm. and figuring out what similarities there are between our participants in their experience. Gotcha. And lastly, um, with your time at the DDA, were any transferable skills that could relate for, you know, becoming an OT that you could mention or? Yeah, I think that was the perfect job I think yeah. before I went into OT because as a program worker I worked with 
young adults like recently graduated from high school um, with yep. developmental disabilities and it was very focused on engaging them in the in the community so for example helping them find a volunteer position that's meaningful for them or right. helping them learn about money management or learning about like transit and how to be independent uh, taking the transit system um, yeah. things like that so I think it was a great transition into the OT program because it gave me a, a glimpse into what OT actually is which is helping right. clients or helping people engage in the environment around them in the community and do things that they really love gotcha I was just about to ask in your own words uh, you know from all of your experiences leading up to it and now working as an OT to define what is occupational therapy I think that there's a, a lot of the time there's a lot of confusion because occupation the word can be misleading most people think like oh it's jobs right you're working yeah. with people's jobs or vocation things like that so it can be confusing but the way that uh we define occupation is how people choose to spend their time during the day so what do right. they do to occupy their time what is meaningful for them so we look at it in three different areas self-care productivity and leisure so those are the three things that people do throughout the day to occupy their time and those are the three focuses that we look at. Um, and so as occupational therapists, we work with clients to see, especially after a disability or an injury, how they can get back to what they were doing before, what they love to do, and how can we help them get back to doing the everyday tasks that they were doing before. Fantastic. And what is the difference between occupational therapy and physical therapy? That's a very common question I get all the time because physical therapy is um, like a lot of people see physios all the time. So it's easy right. to understand. So for OT, how I like to think of it is that physios, they focus more on the body function. So for example, if you injured your shoulder, how yeah. can we rehab your shoulder to have the range of motion again and function again. But for OTs, we focus on the activities that this injury might be impairing. So if someone has a shoulder injury in the same situation, we might look at how is that impairing your activities of daily living, like dressing, getting ready for work in the morning, how is it impacting your ability to perform work skills or work demands? How is it impacting your ability to participate in leisure activities that you like, like sports and things like that? So we focus more on the function of the whole person, I would say. That's yeah. the main uh, difference between OT and PT. Fantastic. I feel like that was almost reverse. Like that was such a good answer. Because <laughs> even, even... You definitely have to rehearse it, I feel like, because it's always our clients are always asking that question. Like, what is, what are you... Yeah. Oh, what are we working on? What does an OT do? So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, for our student audience, like, is there a best major to study OT or an area of study that can really, you know, prep you for this program? Yeah. So, as we talked about before, I, I studied KIN, and I think that's a great program to kind yeah. of launch you into the OT, I agree. But yeah. I think that, like, any, any degree is relevant to OT because OT is so holistic and all-encompassing that like I think that most degrees in the healthcare sector like relate to uh, OT. A lot of my classmates they studied psychology, some studied like sociology, so those are very common undergrads but 
for the most part, I think that like anyone could apply because for especially in Ontario, there isn't a requirement for uh, certain courses to get in. Okay. Um, it's more about the experience. Gotcha. So, you know, going to your application here, when you were applying for your master's program in OT, what were the general requirements like across, you know, all the, all the universities and, and colleges? Uh, were the, and were there any unique requirements for U of T specifically? Yeah, so in Ontario, most of the schools have similar requirements. So U of T, Queens, and Western, those three have the same requirements. So the requirements was just um, finishing undergrad, and also you have to have a statement of intent and kind of outline, answer a question that they have about like current trends in OT. So I think what they're really looking for is that this person who's applying has really considered OT as an option. They've really yeah. done the research. They've had experience in the field uh, related to OT and they really know what OT is. So it's not necessarily that you have to be studying a certain feel to get in but more that like you've taken the time to really explore the field and right gotcha and how did you begin your application process to become an ot master's student at u of t and and where else did you apply yeah so the applications usually open in october i believe the year before and they close i think in january typically so the process was mostly like gathering the required documents I needed, so the references I needed, and requiring uh, what's required for the application. And also for UBC, which is the only school I believe in Canada who requires this, they require a volunteer hour requirement for the program. So I think it's, I don't remember the specific number, but you right. are required to have a certain number of hours for interaction with adults or young adults, or kids with uh, disabilities. Interesting. And what would you say is a, deep, a decent GPA to have uh, to have a competitive application? I think it varies every year because they, it's based on who applies, kind of. But during my year, I think like a decent GPA would be 3.7 would be like minimum to get in, I would say. But it is different for every school. And I wouldn't discourage anyone who has a GPA that is lower than that to not apply because they do look at you as a whole person. They look at your experience a lot. And it's, I wouldn't say like, just because someone doesn't make that GPA cut off not to apply because it's definitely worth a shot. Gotcha. Uh, and generally how long are OT programs? Yeah, so all the Canadian ones are two years long and it's it's continuous full time. So we only had a month off in the summer. It goes okay. throughout the summer. But for I can speak to kind of the U of T program. Yeah, we, sure. we have um, four placements. Cool. So throughout the uh, two years, the first placement is in first year and then the last three placements are in second year. So you get to go out and work in hospitals or um, in the community or internationally, depending on what your interests are, and yep. get the hands-on experience, which I think was one of the most important components of the program. Gotcha. And if you were to redo your application, how would you make it better or, or what would you have done differently in your undergrad to enhance your application? I think that if I was able to shadow more OTs, mm -hmm. that would definitely have helped gotcha. me get an idea of what OT even, uh, what is. the different fields were, because right. I think going in, I didn't realize that it was such a 
diverse field that there's so many fields you can get into so right. there's like mental health which i hadn't even considered before i didn't realize there was an ot role there so there's acute there's rehab pediatrics so we're working with clients of all ages and i guess i that was something i didn't realize before going in was that we actually worked with a huge variety of patients and clients. Gotcha. And, and during the application process with U of T, uh, was there an interview? No, there wasn't an interview with U of T. There is an interview with uh, UBC and McMaster. Gotcha. Those are the two universities. Have you heard anything about their interviews or, or what they're like? I've heard about the UBC one. It is a panel. So I think there is an occupational therapist. There is a admin person from U of T, usually a professor. And then there is a third person, I think, like an OT working in the community. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Now, it's very interesting that you said you, you really catered to your experience because you knew you were going to OT. And I, I know a lot of successful people who have gotten into these master programs, you know, what, you know, so be it an uh, OT or PT or, or even med school or Cairo, much more successful if, if the earlier they can cater that undergrad experience. Now, did you do the same specifically for U of T or did you just do it, you know, knowing the, those OT requirements and then general nice to haves uh, bef before applying? Uh, I didn't cater it specifically to U of T. I'd say most of the programs in Canada are very similar. The kind of student they're looking for is very similar. So someone who has really done their research and really knows that they want to be in this field and they're yep. very passionate about working with this type of population. And I think that for anyone who's interested in going into OT, like just get as much experience as you can talk to as many people as you can and really do the research to figure out like, is this a good fit and why is it a good fit? And right. what are some of my personal traits that yeah. I have that make me a good fit for this? For sure. So my last question on you know your entire application was, what made you choose U of T at the end of the day? I think the the most important part was that uh, U of T has a really good network with the hospitals here. So at U of T on our on our street alone, there's three hospitals, like major yeah. hospitals downtown Toronto, and that's where the school is located. And gotcha. that's something that really drew to me because I was like that they have such a good placement program. There's four placements. I know some schools only have three and they just have such a vast network within the GTA that I knew that they would have the best um, opportunities for me. Fantastic. Yeah. I think yeah. it was also the city as well. Like yeah. Toronto is an amazing city. <laughs> I love it. I love it the, here. The fact that you can say that as a Vancouverite is so surprising. <laughs> 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 I know it's it's different like Vancouver I love for the outdoors yeah um, but um, Toronto has a great city life there's always something right. going on and sure. it's very exciting there's sports teams here that yeah that really bring people together I, think. I bet especially with the Raptors last year I know I know when uh, I was working at, at RBC over in Toronto last year um, it was it was a very I'd say different lifestyle for, for me, at least I'm so used to the outdoors that I really love Vancouver, but honestly for you and, and knowing you and, and working in the OT field, it makes so much sense. And I know, you know, overall for this episode, we really want to focus on your journey and your application of becoming an OT, you know, maybe as a sneak peek for later, can you explain, you know, how your placements work during your program? Like, um, how did you, how did you get them? Yeah. So for placements, we have to do four placements yeah. and it's kind of based on a draw. So okay. 
it's not really an application process or anything but okay. it's more based off of my interests and i rank my interests and they kind of uh, assign them to you based on a draw um, but they do want you to have a diversity of placements so for example i had one in general internal medicine so that was in acute care at the hospital i had a placement in rehab so i was working with individuals with limb differences yeah. um, i'm doing prosthetics there and then I had a placement in pediatrics, uh, actually internationally in Trinidad. And I was at a school for uh, kids with developmental disabilities. Yep. And my last one was at a mental health hospital. So they try to give you a very diverse range of placements. Sounds like it. And, and what were you doing primarily as a student OT? I feel like as a student OT, they really do a good job of transitioning you to work gotcha. uh, as an OT because um, you're paired with a preceptor who is an OT in that role. And you're essentially with them almost like eight hours yep. of the day. And at first you might be just shadowing and learning what the role is, learning the ropes, but yep. then they really transition you to be more dependent by the end of it. So actually yep. seeing clients on your own and doing documentation, learning what the processes that the OT does. Gotcha. And how has this changed now that you're working full-time, you're graduated? One of the biggest differences is working as a student OT is now as a you know full-time OT. I think a lot of new grads' experiences is that we don't feel confident sometimes going yeah. out because it's like, oh, wow, like we're done school. Am yeah. I doing the right thing? And especially at my clinic, I'm the only OT there. The rest of my colleagues are physiotherapists or osteopaths. Right. And sometimes I feel like Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> yeah. I know that my education prepared me well, but sometimes I'm still questioning myself. So a lot of the times um, I find that the real learning actually takes place post-grad. Right. So a lot of the learning that I learned or I was after graduation and actually like taking online courses, um, right. talking with my colleagues at work, shadowing some of the physiotherapists, some of the OTs and other places and like really learning the role like specific to um, the population because it's like again OT is so diverse like it's the role looks different from like a pediatric population to a mental health role to geriatrics to like so there's a lot of learning after grad yeah and I think it really goes in line with um why we say you know practitioners like yourself they're exactly that they're practicing they're not um Sorry, they're always in a state of learning, right? So overall, you know, you, know, you might have not have been in the field full time um, for an extensive amount of time. W- what do you enjoy the most so far? If I had to pick one thing, <laughs> I think it's, that's hard. I think that seeing the kids and like really seeing the impact that I have and being able to engage them in their occupations. So like helping them be better at school or like under helping families understand their child better especially in pediatrics um i work a lot with parents of kids like with uh, autism on autism spectrum um and parents a lot of the time don't understand what the kid is going through and i think that education piece is the most um helpful part like helping the families really understand why, like what they're experiencing, what can they do to really help their kid um, flourish at school and at home. Right. Um, 
I know we're, we're almost at a time here, but uh, anything that uh, you wish you'd wanted to know or, or would have done differently before applying to study OT one last time, anything else that comes up to your head besides, you know, getting more of that experience or perhaps shadowing yeah. uh, and any last tips for students who are uh, on the fence about studying OT or, or potentially uh, studying in another province? Any last words of wisdom there? My advice would just be take the time to explore. Like yeah. don't, don't go into a certain field knowing what you want to do because things change and that's okay. And I think that like, it's important to go with the flow of things and not yeah. just be set on one goal only because right. things come along and definitely changes and be open. Having an open mind is so important. For sure. So Honestly, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's uh, you're, you're three hours ahead over there, so it is, this is later in the evening. But I really appreciate your insight. I'm sure our audience has a way more holistic view of what OT is. And, and honestly, uh, talking to some people on the guests uh, off the set, a lot of people really were stuck with that question. What really is an OT? What, like, what do they do? But uh, really happy you were just such a really great insight on that. And I'm so excited to uh, you know, potentially see you soon back in Vancouver. We, hopefully we can have you in the studio and then you can talk to more about your experiences at an OT. So just, just a hint, we'd love to have you on again in the future. So yeah, thanks a lot, Craig. It was great. Like I always love to share my story and yeah. really tell people what OT is because yeah. a lot of the time we, people are very confused about right. what exactly we're doing. So thanks again for having me on here.